Well, hey, hey, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 97 and session number 25 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions on the podcast. You guys submit them by voicemail. I listen to them and I will answer them on an upcoming podcast, just like this one today. So if you guys are brand new to the podcast, then uh, you can head over to the page, theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can ask me a question. And then I will uh, take that message. It's it's recorded, obviously, and then I'll play it, and then I'll answer it, and that's what I'm going to do today. I want to thank everyone for submitting questions. If you guys don't submit questions, I can't create this this part of the show, right, or this this episode. Um, so it's really important that you guys do submit those questions. I get a ton of questions, but keep them coming. All right. And I also get a lot of questions written by uh, text uh, or, you know, in the text form that is. And um, I, I'll do my best to get those answered to just either if I'm commenting back or whatever, but obviously try to keep them, you know, short and to the point. So this way here we can go ahead and get them answered. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm really, really excited about this. You guys know that I love uh, answering your questions and I have to, I have to mention Paris one more time. You guys may be getting tired of hearing me say this now in the past couple episodes is because I'm really excited about it. It's it's kind of like ask Scott, but like whenever, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I could literally do a Periscope and um, we can go ahead and start interacting like in five minutes, um, which is really, really cool. If you guys are new and you guys have not heard me talk about Periscope or don't know what it means, um, it's basically an app, a web app that's connected to Twitter, and it, you can actually do live streams. You can do live video streams, and uh, it's awesome because after you follow someone, once they hit the start broadcast, literally you're connected within seconds, uh, and then from there you can kind of hang out. So I kind of look at it like we're going to hang out like it you know, in my back patio, or maybe we're going to hang out in the car, or maybe we're going to hang out at the park, wherever I am and I want to do it, I go ahead and I fire up the phone, and then uh, I go ahead and I do a scope, as they call it, and I've already done a bunch of them, a bunch of really, really good ones, too, as far as, like, I did a couple of meetups with people, we uh, we went ahead and we recorded those, and actually, I record those, put them up on YouTube, but I also put them on my blog, and you can find them at theamazingseller.com forward slash scope. And also, if you wanted to download the app, Periscope app, that is, you go to periscope.tv. It's a it's an app for your phone, either the your um, iPhone or an Android. And uh, from there, you can download the app and then just search at Scott Volker. You'll find me, follow me, and then whenever I do a live broadcast, you'll get a notification and then you can join or you don't have to join and you could watch the replay. The replay is good for 24 hours on Periscope, but that's why I record them and I put them up on my blog. So yeah. Now, before I do uh, dive into the questions, I also wanted to remind you, especially if you're brand new and you've never attended one of my live workshops, you can sign up for one of them at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and this is where I actually break down all of the phases, the five phases that I've kind of like systematized and also kind of broken them down, chunked them down, so this way here you can follow along step by step, and I actually do this in a live workshop, totally free, and you can register uh, for the the next one that's coming up, once you go to that page, you'll see when the next one's coming, and then from there, um, you'll go ahead and you'll, uh, you'll come live that night, and I'll be there live, and I'll teach for maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and then from there, I'll answer live Q&A on that as well, so if you want to show up for that, that would be awesome. You can register for that. And if you've already you know, attended one, that's fine. You can come back if you want to. It's totally cool. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, get this show started. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to the first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. Elliot in the UK. Um, just want to say a great podcast, listening to all your stuff. 
keep up the good work. Um, I'm just about to ship my first product from China to FBA and um, I'm just wondering, you mentioned a while back in one of your podcasts about uh, going over two and a half thousand dollars with DHL and you actually got penalised for that. I just wondered if you could just sort of run over that again. You probably don't want me reminding you of this, but um, you went over the two and a half thousand dollars and you said that it subsequently cost you a lot more in sort of customs and fees. I'm going to be sort of doing 500 units that'll put me right on that threshold of two and a half thousand. Um, and I just wondered if you could perhaps run over why it might be advised to stay under the two and a half thousand dollars. Um, I just really don't want to sort of, you know, sort of be hit with any big fees or anything. So, if you could perhaps just run over that again, Scott, that'd be fab. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Bye. Hey, hey, Elliot from the UK. I love it when uh, when you guys call in from the UK or Australia or just another country. It's just amazing to me still that we're able to do this and connect like that. It's awesome. Uh, okay, cool. Now, actually, I got to go back to Periscope. Same thing. I do the same thing on Periscope. I got people. Uh, you know, calling in from Hong Kong or people uh, connecting, uh, gosh, from Singapore or whatever. But anyway, awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the uh, to answer your question, uh, you know, I'm going to give you what had happened to me. I don't think there's like a hundred percent of like if it goes to here, it's going to trigger it. This is just what was told to me by a DHL rep. Okay, and she basically said to me, if you go over $2,500, it kind of goes into a different type of customs processing, a little bit more of a deeper, more of a, I guess, a more of a manual type process. And then from there, that also bumps up your percentage that you're going to pay for your custom fees. Now, DHL will handle all of that stuff, but you are just going to have to pay more. Um, so the lesson that I learned, and for those of you that are brand new and you didn't hear that, that actually was episode number 32. So that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 32. And you can uh, you can read that post and you can listen to that podcast. It was um, how to avoid my $1,080 uh, shipping mistake. Uh, and, and that was the truth. And it was funny too, not funny, but uh, a guy uh, came to uh, the TAS meetup that we had in Texas at Podcast Movement. And um, he came right up to me and he shook my hand. He goes, man, I got to thank you. You saved me over a thousand dollars. I'm like, how's that? And he's like, I listened to that one episode and I was about to place my first order. And if I would have did it the way I was going to do it before I listened to that, I would have got hit with that with that fee or something close to it. So I want to thank you for that. And uh, all it really was or all that I really talked about in there, and that's what the rep told me was like, if you can keep your orders, the amount of the order, 2500 or less then you know you shouldn't really run into any other issues. It should kind of just go through the normal customs process. Um, so that's really what I try to do now. So my problem was though, and it wasn't even my mistake necessarily. It was my uh, my supplier's mistake. They added my shipping fee into the total invoice. When your custom fees are really based off of the product fee, at least that's how it was explained to me. So for example, if I'm going to spend you know, $2,000 on the product, 
but then the shipping fee is another $1,500. Well, now I'm at $3,500. If they put that in the invoice as a total, then that there is going to show as $3,500. But if it just shows the invoice total of, of uh, you know, whatever, $2,000, then it's going to be, it's going to probably be okay. I can't say for sure. It's probably going to be okay. So that's kind of like the interpretation that I, or how I understand it. And that's what's been working for me. I've done plenty of orders since then. And I, that's what I've been doing is number one, making sure that my supplier knows to not include the shipping cost in there. Uh, because some of you know that, I mean, if you're doing air shipping, I mean, your cost of shipping could be almost as much as your product. Um, and I'm okay with that as long as the, and you guys have heard me say that before, I'm okay with that as long as the numbers make sense. If the numbers make sense, I'm cool with that. If my product costs a dollar and it costs me $2 to ship it, so it costs me three bucks for the product, I get it here in three days after they manufacture it, if it makes sense, I do that. Um, obviously, if it doesn't, then I don't. And then in in the future, if this thing really took off and you were going to start buying containers, well, now you know you could you could reduce your cost by maybe a dollar fifty. Um, but at the worst case, you, you need to think of of that. So anyway, that's on a on a whole nother topic. But uh, I just did want to just kind of clarify that that you know I basically um, now I just make sure that the orders coming through are basically within that amount, and I make sure that my supplier knows to do that. Now, some people say, well, Scott, why didn't you make the supplier go ahead and do that? We kind of met in the middle a little bit. I mean, they took care of me uh, as far as future units, so now they charge me maybe 15 or 20 cents less per unit since then, and, and because I've been a, an ongoing customer, they might have been doing, they might have done that anyway, but they kind of said, well, we can't give you money for that, you know, that issue because that's a customs thing, but what we can do is in the future, we'll, we'll lower your price by this, so that might, that might mean, uh, you know, an extra 200 or $300 off every single order, maybe even more, depending on how much I order. So, and that's going to be lifetime. So I just chucked it up as, you know, Hey, you know, I, I, I learned from this. It cost me some money. I also can take that customs fee and I write it off. Obviously I put it on my taxes. So if you're paying 30% in federal income tax, um, then you can take 30, not just federal, but state too. If it's combined, if you're, if you're paying 30%, then you can pretty much say that it really was a $700 mistake if you look at it that way. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's pretty much, uh, that's kind of clarifying that hopefully. And if you guys have not checked that out, I would definitely check out that post. That's episode number 32 and, uh, you can, you can hear that and, and, uh, and hopefully learn from it. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answers. Hi, Scott. This is Lauren from Canberra, Australia. I'm really enjoying your podcast on The Amazing Seller. Thanks for all the information. I would like to ask you comments on an unfortunate negative topic, which is one that surfaces from time to time. That is, what to do when your product listing is hijacked by another seller. As we all should have uh, private labeled our products, we in theory should own the buy box. This is until some other person comes in and starts selling under your listing, of course. What steps do you suggest in taking in the case of having your listing hijacked? Of course, uh, Seller Central wants me to buy my own product to verify that it is indeed the other seller's product. But I live in, in Australia, so this is uh, unpractical. I have sent Amazon, um, the Seller Central all the relevant information to prove that I own the private label product, EPC codes and business registration, etc., but Seller Central seems to take the stance that others have the right to sell in their own private space, private label space. This is an important issue as there are unscrupulous sellers out there willing to take advantage of our success. 
Any advice would be most appreciated. Once again, thanks, Scott, for your help and excellent information. I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks again. Hey, Lauren from Australia. I just mentioned that in the last uh, in the last question in the beginning, how I love it, how people call from different countries, and, and here you are calling from Australia. Love that. All right, cool. I'm going to give you... Um, I guess some information here. I can't give you what I've done because it hasn't happened to me. Knock on wood. I'm going to knock now. You probably hear it. It hasn't happened to me and I hope it never does. But if it does, you know, and Brody just barked when I did that. Um, he thought someone was probably at the door. Um, but, you know, all I can do is give you what has been kind of um, told, you know, to me by some of my listeners. And the one I'm going to read to you is a letter that she used and it worked. Um, and I'm just going to also give you kind of like the email that she sent me with like the steps that she, that she used. So hopefully this will be helpful to any of you that are facing, um, this, this thing called hijacking. All right. So, um, this is what, she had wrote, and this is a cease and desist letter that she used, and that um, I'll again, I'll make a uh, I make a swipe file here for you um, on this particular episode, so um, you can just visit the episode here, which is episode number ninety seven. So theamazingseller.com forward slash ninety seven. You can just copy and paste this and customize it to your uh, to your liking um, for your product. So basically, this is the letter. I'm going to read it word for word. So company brand. That's so basically you're going to put in whatever the the brand is. Compliance office is sending you this cease and desist order to remove all items having the, and she's got in brackets, company, so whatever the, your company brand is, from this site under your seller account and cease all future sales of this brand. Amazon Terms of Service, colon, Amazon does not allow unauthorized seller or selling of product as it makes Amazon liable for allowing copyright and trademark infringement. In addition, products sold under a listing must match that listing exactly. Amazon Terms of Service, colon, when listing items for sale using an existing product detail page. The product being offered must be listed on a product detail page that accurately describes the product in all respects, including with respect to the following attributes, manufacturer, addition, binding, version, format, or player compatibility. Sellers may not match their item to a detail page with a different ISBN, UPC, EAN, or other external identifier. Amazon's typical response to such cases is, we are writing to let you know that we have removed your selling privileges, canceled your listings, and placed a temporary hold on any funds in your seller account. Rather than receive this notification from Amazon, please remove any products from company brand listings you are currently listing against on Amazon. At this time, company slash brand expects and appreciates your compliance with this order. We will check to make sure each item is no longer available from your Amazon seller account. If you have any questions or after removing all listings, you may contact company slash brand corporate offices by responding to this message. Best regards, name, brand compliance, and then company slash brand. There is the letter verbatim that she used and it worked. And you can hear how that all sounds, right? You're kind of like saying, listen, before I make this, you know, 
this information available to Amazon. I'm trying to let you, um, you know, kind of take care of this before we go down that road. So you probably want to get rid of the, rid of your listing and cause I'm going to take it to the next level. Um, now, so that's what she did. And then, um, she wrote back cause I said to her, I said, uh, you know, thanks so much for sharing. And I said, I'll post this for sure. And I'll let people know about it, which I'm doing right now. And her name actually is Kathy, by the way. Um, so Kathy, thank you. Um, so she says, um, Okay, so she said, this is my second hijacker on this particular product. My standard process for dealing with hijackers is to, number one, do a test buy, and when I receive it, two, document the differences in products and report it to seller performance. This works, but it can be a long and drawn-out process as dealing with the seller performance can be slow and cumbersome. I think it's run by robots, Robots, smiley face. This particular seller was slow to ship, estimated arrival date was six weeks out, and they were aggressively going after the buy box. So hence the cease and desist to get them off as soon as possible, I customized the letter below and sent it to them via Amazon communications channels, contact seller. They responded and removed the listing overnight, canceled my order, test buy, and apologized. So the letter worked perfectly. I'm sure I'll deal with this again and may deal with sellers that are less cooperative, but this is a great tool and I'm sure it'll work more often than not. Hope this helps. Let me know if you need any other information. So again, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing that, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that this is happening to. So if we can figure out a way to make it easier, uh, hey, why not do that, right? So this letter will, again, be available to you uh, on this particular uh, podcast episode show notes. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 97. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Before we do though, I think this next question has like a three part question to it. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and actually do three questions in one. So, all right, let's go ahead and listen to the question. I'll give you my answers. Hi, this is Dave. Um, when I look at AliExpress and Alibaba, I see Ma and Pa Trading Company, I see Ma and Pa Import-Export Company, I see Ma and Pa Store, um, and I see Ma and Pa um, Medical Device Company. I'm just making up these names. But Ma and Pa Medical Device Company looks like a factory. The others do not. Do you avoid, or do you only work with factories on the theory that the factory price will be the best that you can get? Do you ever, do you ever uh, ignore the uh, trading companies and these other alternatives? That's my first question. Second question is uh, regarding custom fees and import duties. Um, let's say I order something uh, from Alibaba and I pay uh, $35 or so to DHL um, when I order from Alibaba. Does that complete? Does that cover the customs fees? And uh, when does it, does anyone communicate with me when the custom fees are due? Um, or is that just done automatically? I'm I'm curious about the how and the when um, people communicate with me and collect the customs and duties fees. Uh, third question is um, e-packet. Um, I some of these companies offer free shipping from China using e-packet and my understanding is it's subsidized by the U.S. Postal Service and the Chinese government. Uh, sure sounds tempting. Do you have any experience with e-packet and if I use e-packet will duties and custom customs fees be a problem? Thank you. 
Hey, Dave, thanks so much for the questions, and I'm going to go ahead and do my best to answer them. The very first question is, uh, it has to do with like, should I buy from a wholesaler or not so much a factory direct? I think that's the question that I'm understanding it, and I don't really put a ton of thought really into that. I got to be honest. Um, again, because, you know, when I went down, and, you know, the, the path of finding a supplier, I was just trying to find a specific product that I could private label, period. So I didn't even really entertain looking at places that didn't private label. I wanted to know that I could I could private label a product. If you're going to like AliExpress, you might find wholesalers there as well. A lot of times wholesalers, they still have another division or another part of their company that will allow you to private label. So again, this has to do with communications though. You have to reach out and, and talk to these people. And that's really where the relationship is going to start. You're going to start seeing what you can offer, um, what they what they do allow you to customize and what they don't, um, all of that stuff. So I don't really have a preference. I just really go after what I'm looking for and then I try to find a supplier or a manufacturer and then from there we can go ahead and dig down a little bit deeper. And the second question that you asked about customs fees as far as like who takes care of that, well, it depends on who you use. Um, if you're using like DHL, that's the only one I can really tell you how they handle it. Or if you use a freight forwarder, um, you know, they're usually going to handle it. But really, as far as payment goes, the way it works with DHL, at least right now, it, for me anyway, it's like $100 or less, they will still uh, deliver the product. And then they'll just bill you, um, you know, once, uh, you know, once the order has been delivered and all that stuff. And then you'll get a bill in the mail that'll say you owe a hundred dollars. Now, if uh, if it's over a hundred dollars, if it's a hundred and one dollars, they will basically not uh, ship the or not deliver the item. You will receive a phone call, and it will basically say an automated message. You know, hi, this is so and so from DHL. You have an order that needs to be paid. Their customs need to be paid before we deliver. Could you call one eight hundred da 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 da? Right. So they give you that information. You got to either call or you can go online. They'll give you an online. They usually give you a website. And then from there, you pay that way bill. They call it a way bill. And then from there, once you pay that, it gets released and then it'll be shipped. Um, but that's really how that process works for DHL. That is, um, you know, for other companies, I'm not sure cause I haven't used them, um, but I'm sure that they're probably similar, but DHL does handle all of the customs work for you. You just have to pay them. Um, they're going to pay it on your behalf up to a hundred dollars. And to answer your third question, as far as like e-packet, uh, or any of those other services, EMS, I think is another one, uh, you know, all of those other services. I don't know how they work, but I'm going to imagine that, uh, they probably work similar, uh, where they, they may collect for you or you may have to pay them before they release it. Um, that may be it, but they'll probably handle it for you, but I can't say for sure cause I haven't used them. But when it says free shipping, it's free shipping cost is probably what they're saying is they're going to ship it to you for free, right? But you're going to have to pay the customs fees. There's not, they're not going to pay because you don't know what the customs fees are. Because depending on your product and the code that is used on your product, there's a certain code that uh, your supplier will know. And you should probably ask this question before you even do anything. So you kind of have a heads up as to how what the percentage would be. Because different products have different codes. If you're selling kitchen goods, they might be different than if you're selling something that has a rubber substance to it, for example. Um, and then from there, it's customed or it's... it's uh, 
the customs are different on that particular type of product. Um, so, you know, they're not going to be able to say, yeah, we'll cover that because they're not going to really know what that cost is either. So I would just, I would be careful with that, but I would also probably do some type of test order. So this way here, you can kind of go through the process without having this humongous order. Um, and then that way there you can, uh, you know, you can kind of see exactly how they do handle that type of stuff. The other thing is reach out to these places and call them. I mean, if it's a, if it's a, an, an international type, uh, you know, shipper, then they're going to be able to tell you and kind of walk you through. They'll have a customs department most likely. So I would call them, get someone on the phone and then get their, uh, you know, get their feedback on that and kind of like what to expect and kind of what you have to do. You may even be able to set up your own account to where then they'll just bill your card or whatever. Um, now I know with DHL, they will allow you to set up your own business account, but with doing that, it, it requires a lot more um, stuff on your end, a lot more, um, I guess, proof of a business location and all that stuff. So I personally don't go down that route. I just basically do it as though they're, I'm using um, the supplier's uh, shipping I guess their account. And then from there, I just pay the customs fees. Um, and that goes to me because it's coming to me. So then my address will be on there and then they know that I'm in the U S so I'm going to pay those fees. Um, and I, I've, I started to fill out the paperwork to be a DHL, like have my own account. And I just, it started, it was just so much information. It was like I was going through for a mortgage and, um, I just said, you know, it's not worth it. So, um, I'll just pay the bill on my credit card when it comes through, when I get a notification. So it might delay me a day because it's going to, you know, sit in their warehouse for a day but they want to get it to you as, as bad as you want to get it. Um, I'm saying DHL because they want to get it out of their out of their warehouses and stuff. So they're going to call you, they'll email you, and um, they'll even send a letter in the mail, um, a bill in the mail that you can pay. But uh, uh, I, I like to, uh, you know, I'll get a phone call and I like to just pay it online. And it's literally really simple. With DHL, they have a site. Um, it's like dhlpayment.com or something. I, that might not be it, so don't go looking for that. But um, they'll, they'll give it to you. And then from there, you can just go on there, find your way bill. And then from there, you take that number, the way bill number, you punch it in there and it'll tell you exactly what you owe and you can pay right there with your credit card. And that's that's literally what I do. So I hope that that's helped you. Um, again, those are great questions. But, you know, depending on who you're using for a shipper, that is going to uh, vary um, depending because I don't have any experience with that. So I can't really help you with that particular um, exact thing with like ePacket or EMS or any of those. So, all right, guys, that's going to pretty much wrap up this session of Ask Scott. Again, keep the questions coming. Without questions, I can't do the Friday episode, which I want to continue to do. I do have a bunch more questions, but I, I want to keep those questions coming. So I always have more questions to reach in to the uh, the bucket of questions, if you will, and then I can I can pull from there. So if you want to leave a question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And from there, you can go ahead and leave your question in a voicemail. Just leave your name uh, or, you know, say your name and then just leave the question and, uh, you know, try to keep it within a couple of minutes. And then I'll go ahead and try to air it on one of the upcoming Ask Scott shows. So, um, so yeah, that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Again, I want to give you a little reminder if you are brand new or if you wanted to attend one of my live workshops, uh, free workshops, that is, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can register there for the the upcoming workshop and uh on there again, I teach for about 60 minutes where I, I go through the five phases to choose a product, to uh, source a product, to do a pre-launch, to launch, and then to promote 
the product. And I go through all of those phases and all of those steps. And then I also stick around for some live Q&A. I'd love you to come and hang out on one of those. Uh, so you're totally invited. So come on over and hang out. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Have an amazing weekend. Or if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, have an amazing Wednesday or whatever day it is. Have an amazing day. And uh, hey, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. You guys know that you can make this happen, but you have to, you have to do what? What do you have to do? Come on, say it with me. Come on, we all got to say it together. Take action. All right, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.